0: Good morning, and peace be with you, and we have uh, uh, a distinguished visitor here, some of you might recognize Pastor Russ and Jamie, (laughs) that you've already seen, but we're thrilled to have you here, And, and we also have Diane Zinn playing for us today, and so thank you, Diane. And I see some faces I haven't seen for a a long time. I see my friend Ella. Hi, Ella. (laughs) we already waved. Hi. And uh, so it's just welcome. And we do have somebody doing announcements this morning, I believe. Susan, would you help us on that? Thank you.
1: Good morning. Uh, first, I would like to thank the authority that forced us to put in handrails. <laughs> thank you so much for that. <laughs> uh, uh, this, um, our missions uh, this month uh, is going to the Chosen People Ministry, which is a ministry that um, preaches the good news to the Jewish people and encourages them to um, explore. So, uh, We have um, Sit and Be Fit. Um, will not be here on Tuesday but they will be back on the 27th uh, Tuesday the 27th so take a break have a cookie instead (laughs) Um, we have a advent study and lunch on uh, Tuesday um, followed by a cookie exchange so if anyone wants to come and have lunch with us and uh, enjoy the study and and exchange some cookies, that would be wonderful. And even if you don't want to do that, just want to come and have lunch or hear the study, please come for that. The men's Bible study uh, will be on Saturday at 8 o'clock in pastor's office. Uh, in the narthex, we have a list of um, names and uh, addresses for our members and friends who are homebound. So if you are still in the process of doing Christmas cards and would like to reach out to them, uh, uh, just pick up a one of the uh, the lists back there. Our Christmas Eve service will be on Saturday the 24th at 3 p.m. so that we can all get home safely in time to enjoy our our holidays. And uh, we have an annual congregational meeting um, is set for Saturday, January 21st. Uh, That's, we will uh, adopt the budget any changes that we have to make. I I think it's going to be kind of a non-event or or uneventful, I should say. (laughs) It will be an event, but we need people there. So if you can make that, um, put that on your calendar. And there's a free lunch, too. (laughs) We'll do anything to get people to come. (laughs) Um, And if you are uh, looking for a convenient place to um, leave a card for Pastor or Ashley, there's boxes in the back. So that is everything that's on my list Um, so thank you for being here.
0: Thank you. And our opening hymn is on page 34, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just,
2: Save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. This is the feast of victory for our God. Alleluia.
0: Let's pray. Stir up your power, O Lord, and come and help us by your might, that the sins which weigh us down may quickly be lifted by your grace and mercy. For you live and reign with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated.
3: Good morning. The first reading is taken from the book of Isaiah chapter 7 and verses 10 through 17 and can be found on page uh, 1069 in the Pew Bible. And to pick this reading into a little context, uh, Ahaz, wa- Ahaz was the king of Judah, and two of his enemies have joined forces to destroy his kingdom, but Isaiah predicts their demise. But Ahaz does not fully trust God and instead tries to buy aid from Assyria, who instead come and destroy the northern kingdom. So Isaiah seven, ten through 17. Again the Lord spoke to Ahaz, Ask the Lord your God for a sign, whether in the deepest depths or in the highest heights. But Ahaz said, I will not ask. I will not put the Lord to the test. Then Isaiah said, Hear now, you, house of David, is it not enough to try the patience of humans? Will you try the patience of my God also? Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. He will be eating curds and honey when he knows enough to reflect the wrong and choose the right. Uh, for before the born boy knows enough to reject the wrong and choose the right the land of the two kings You dread will be laid to waste The Lord will bring on you and on your people and on the house of your father a time unlike any Since Ephraim broke away from Judah. He will bring the king of Assyria The second reading will read Psalms 24 responsibly which is printed in your bulletin And this psalm of David tells us that everything belongs to God. Psalm 24. The earth is the Lord and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. For he founded it on the seas and established it on the waters. Who may ascend the mountain of our Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? The one who has clean hands and a pure heart who do not trust in an idol or swear by a false god. They will receive blessings from the Lord and vindication from God their savior. Such is the generation of those who seek him, who seek your face, God of Jacob. Lift up your heads, you gates. Be lifted up, you ancient doors, that the king of glory may come in. Who is this king of glory? the Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, you gates, lift them up, you ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is he, King of glory? The Lord Almighty, he is the King of glory. The next reading is taken from the Book of Romans, chapter one, verses one through seven, and can be found on page 1746 in the Pew Bible. Here, Paul summarizes the good news about Jesus Christ, who, first, he came as a human by natural descent. Second, he was part of the Jewish royal line through David, as predicted in Isaiah's reading today. Third, he died and was raised from the dead. And fourth, he opened the door for God's grace and kindness to be poured out on us. Roman 1, 1 through 7. Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle and set apart for the gospel of God, the gospel he promised beforehand through his prophet in the holy scriptures, regarding his son, who to his earthly life was a descendant of David, and who through the spirit of holiness was appointed the son of God in power by his resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ our Lord. Through him we receive grace and apostleship, to call all the Gentiles to the obedience that comes from faith for his name's sake. And you also among those Gentiles who are called to belong to Jesus Christ, to all Rome who are loved by God and called to be his holy people. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Here ends the reading. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
4: shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Alleluia. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the first chapter. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. Until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. This is the gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. Now may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. I think before I begin, I want to say something, and what I want to say is that it's been a long time since I've preached here. Um, in fact, it's been ten years and fifty weeks. I did the math. I promise it's from right. But I've been back a few times, and as I've been back, I have appreciated your pastor. Pastor Ken is a man that God has anointed. He loves deeply. And I have not, I've seen a lot of pastors, especially in the last 10 years, and he loves the way that God loves us. And I'll tell you the other thing is, every time I've heard him preach, that he has his stories and he's funny, and he's all over the place, every time he delivers the gospel... And in this country, at this time, in Lutheran churches, there are a lot of people who don't. And so you are really blessed to have him. And I'm very thankful to be here. One last thing. Before I begin, I feel now like a Baptist pastor. (laughs) I'm going to go 20 minutes, and then we'll begin the sermon. No, I won't. it is truly humbling to be here and to see all of you because I know this place I know the people here and I know that the you are people who who know God and love God and so it's humbling to be here okay now let's begin a number of years ago I invited a small group of people it was a, it was a, a staff party to think as during Christmas time, to go to the manger set and pick one figurine up that they think best represents them. And so one person who is kind of a character instantly grabbed the donkey. And he said, and I said, why did you grab the donkey? Even though I kind of immediately knew why he should grab the donkey. But he said this, he said, you know what, I'm stubborn, but I like to be close to Jesus. Pretty good. Another one grabbed one of the kings. And I said, well, why did you grab that king? And, and she said, she goes, you know, this is the king that brought gold to Jesus. And I think God is beautiful. And I just, I, I love beautiful things. And I love being near a God who is beautiful. Again, good answer. Um, the third person chose a shepherd. So I asked her why she chose a shepherd. She said, honestly, I'm the kind of person who likes to stay away from church. Um, I like to be outdoors. I like to be far away. You know, she's a a Christmas Easter type. You know how the people are. But she says, but I do like to come near because I know that God is holy and mysterious and mighty. And so finally, the last person, he grabbed Joseph. and." This is a person who didn't talk a lot, um, and when he, when he grabbed Joseph, he, he said, you know what, he said, I choose Joseph because early in my life, my wife became a Christian, and I didn't. And for the longest time, she had this thing, this relationship with God that I didn't understand. At times, I felt like God was maybe more important to her than I was even. But then I became a Christian, and I understood what it's all about. And so I identify with Joseph. Now, I share this with you because I think when it comes to the Christmas story, Joseph is sort of the forgotten figurine. I mean, we all know The most important piece in the manger set is the baby Jesus. Now, that's the one that tends to get lost, the earliest, because everyone plays with the baby Jesus. We love the baby Jesus. And then a step down from the baby Jesus would be Mary. And so you need to have Mary, you need to have the baby Jesus. Like, if you're going to lose a figurine, you can lose the rest. You need Mary and Jesus. But then after Mary, honestly, we kind of like the angels, the shepherds, the kings. We like all of them. We even like the animals. But below, finally, the animals, last place in your manger set, the one who's the first one kicked off the island, is Joseph. Look, good is he? He's just showing up. He's kind of like the father of a groom at a wedding, like no use whatsoever. And yet Joseph is important. And he's important not because of what he says. In fact, in the Bible, Joseph says no words. There's no poem. There's no song. There's no mighty deed. But Joseph is important because he's a man who's righteous. And he shows us what righteousness looks like. A righteousness that happens when you trust God and you decide to do the hard things in this life. Listen again to our reading from the, the gospel. It says, Now the birth, of Genesis, uh, the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, but before they lived together, she was found to be pregnant from the Holy Spirit. Her husband, Joseph, being a righteous man and unwilling to expose her to public disgrace, planned to divorce her quietly. I want to stop there for a second. Joseph is a righteous man. That's what it says. And as a righteous man, he would have tried to fulfill the law. He would have tried to be an upstanding person, to model a life that people could respect. Part of that is to to live virtuously. And so as a result of that, he would have done the formal marriage proposal, and it would have looked something like this. In that day, he would have asked for Mary's hand. They would have drawn up some kind of legal contract. Then there would have been some kind of payment negotiated. And he would have then, at that point, taken time to get the right kind of funds in order to pay for this marriage to happen. And once he was able to pay then they would throw a party. And they'd have this big party, and after the party, then you would take your wife home and you would be married. Now there's a funny part of this about how the, that, that wedding party happened. So the animals that would happen, and this is long before there are contracts and wedding licenses, all before that. Instead, what, what they would do is they'd get an animal, or maybe a few animals, and they'd slaughter the animals, and then like the father of the bride and the soon-to-be groom would walk between the animals and in some ways they'd say this they'd say if you break the covenant may you be like that dead animal so that's how ancient contracts worked I think it's kind of fun a little different now It would have been a really terrible wedding yesterday if that's what happened right before. You're walking down. There's a dead carcass there, a dead carcass there. But what they did, they were also very practical because then afterwards what they would do is they'd barbecue it all up. And then you have a great feast, right? So slaughter them, walk through the animals, then call Bonnie, what a lot of pizza, let's grill it up, and we're going to have a party. Jeff would be out there too, smoking it. So that's kind of how it worked. But somehow, before the con- between the contract and the party, Joseph's life was disrupted. God decided to step in. God decided to turn everything upside down. And that's often how it works, isn't it? Usually, right when you have all your plans made, right when you are set, your retirement is in order, then the disruption occurs. Out of the blue, a health result, a phone call, new opportunity, the announcement of a child. Things out of the blue when you're least expecting it, when you have everything in order, that's often when God decides to show up and to disorder all of it. And that's what happened to Joseph. He heard that message. His bride to be came to him and said, I'm pregnant. And Joseph knew it wasn't his. Yeah. So, what do you do? how do you go forward? Do you trust her? What would people say? Do you trust her? You'll look like a fool. Do you trust her? Well, Joseph is a righteous man, and so he does two important things. First thing it says is that he decided to not try to disgrace her. Instead he wanted to divorce her quietly. In other words he was trying to show her mercy. And I think this is important because often when we think of righteousness we think of being just, always getting it right. Like if I'm a righteous person, I'm going to live the right way and I'm going to make everyone live the right way. You might know someone like that, you might be someone like that. But Joseph's righteousness was a little different. Yes, he knew the truth, but he was willing to also show mercy. He was willing to put love next to justice. He was willing to look like the fool in order to care for this woman. That's love. And he was even willing to love someone who had betrayed him, at least so he thought. Isn't love messy? Whenever you've loved someone, you know what love does to you. It tears you all up inside. It makes you do crazy things. It makes you even with, have a broken heart in order to, to still love. My oldest, Abby, so she's 17 now. For It's amazing how fast they grew up. She's graduating this year. Um, She got a boyfriend, and this boyfriend is really great. Like, he is wonderful. I really like this guy. He's really smart. He's like, hey, Russ, do you want to play tennis? Yeah, he's on tennis team, so he he lets me kind of keep it close, gives me lessons. I mean, I really like this guy. Let's keep him around. He's really kind, really smart, driven, all these things. When he was kind of being, uh, like, a little shy as a boyfriend, I'm like, no, do this. Ask Abby to go there. Like, I'm willing to give him money to take my daughter out because I like him so much. And he loved Abby. Like, I mean, he just loves Abby. But Abby just doesn't love him back. And we saw it. And Jamie and I are just like, oh, that poor boy. And so finally she, she broke it off, you know, And the whole family's more sad than she is, you know. (laughs) And then he texts us, the family. We're giving him, like, notes and pointers, and, like, we're praying for you. I'm going to have lunch with him next week. I mean, this is, I I really like, I like him more than my own daughter. I mean, I, oh, this is recorded. I, I take that back. I like my daughter more. But he has love and when you love you're willing to put yourself out there and joseph loved mary and he was willing to lose money on the deal he was willing to put her away silently quietly and then he does something else after he's made up his mind made his plan You know, he had his first plan to marry her. God disrupted that. And then he decided, okay, I'm going to put her away. God made a plan. He made a plan. And then he does what every sensible person should do. He takes a nap. Like, I like that. You know, when you're overwhelmed, how many of you just need a nap? Yeah, I mean, some of you might be taking a nap now. It's okay. But I have to warn you, when you do take a nap, God sometimes breaks in. And that's what he did. Here Joseph takes a nap, and if your name is Joseph, don't ever take naps, because the Old Testament, Joseph, he took naps. He had dreams. Your name's Joseph. You're in a bad spot. You take a nap. Of course, God's going to break in and disrupt, and he did. God spoke to Joseph in a dream, and this is what God said, verse 19 and following, but just when he had resolved to do this, He took Mary. Married her. And called that boy Jesus. God disrupted again. So what are we to make of this? This story that we've heard millions of times in our lives every Christmas. Well, Martin Luther talk about righteousness this way. He says there are two kinds of righteousness in this life. There's the kind of righteousness that comes from our Heavenly Father, the kind of righteousness that God has to give to us. It's called an alien righteousness, not because it's like from another planet, but it's alien because it comes from outside of us. It's the righteousness that, that God demonstrates in this but God demonstrates his righteousness in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ Jesus died for us. Right? That's, that's the righteousness. That's the righteousness we need. All of us are covered by Christ, his death on the cross. When you're baptized, you're baptized into Christ's death, his resurrection. Why? So that his righteousness is put upon us. Which means this, that when I'm looking out here, even though you're all total sinners and you haven't changed a bit in that regard, God's righteousness has covered you, and you stand before God, pure and holy, blameless. You are righteous. So that's the first kind. That's the best kind. That's the eternal kind. That's a gift given to you by God to be celebrated, to be held on to, to be thanked God for. But there's a second kind of righteousness. This is the one that comes from God, but it's directed towards others. It's, it's this way, that when you've been loved by God, you show that love to other people. You, you show people that kind of love in all kinds of ways. That's what Joseph was showing, was that kind of righteousness. Being secure in God, being secure in what God has done, you can then share that love to other people. You, can, you don't have to seek out trying to love people. You just have to live. And God will bring a lot of people across your path to love. And some of those people will be very hard to love. But that's all the ways that God disrupts you so that you would love as you've been loved. At the church in Iowa and at Grandview's campus, there's a homeless man who is God's disruptor of me. When Paul said there's a thorn in his flesh, he was thinking about this one homeless man. I'm convinced of it, because this man has disrupted my life over and over and over and over and over and over, and And I can keep going because one day he called me 126 times, so much so I had to block him. He then sent letters to the administration saying that I gave him HIV. He graffitied the whole church in not chalk, but crayons. We had a power wash that. He took six hours doing it because we saw it on the videos. Would not stop, does not stop. Continues disrupt. But then one day we decided let's try to actually listen to what he, what he needs. And so we got a team together. And my motivation was not love. It was just, let's get rid of him. But someone in the team said, hey, I, I really think what he's saying is he's really frustrated over the stimulus money because he hasn't gotten any and he, he wants to move down to Texas and he just doesn't have any money. Let's try to get him his taxes filed. Okay, right, let's see if that works. And so we gave him a rule, you can only show up one day a week at this time, to which he called every other day, but he would show up at that one time. And so we had to get a social security card for him, but to do that, we had to get a license. And to do that, we had to track down a birth certificate. So this is three months of phone calls every day. And we finally got him it. Now that was a disruption. But when he got the check sent to him to the church, and we handed it to him, he said, This is the first church that's ever loved me. Now I'm a sinner. I was just so happy he got it, and he's going to go to Texas, right? (laughs) But that's how disruptions work. And I think all of us might find ourselves in a place where we have to love as we've been loved. Maybe it's a place of reconciliation. You're in a, someone's harmed you, or someone's offended you, Someone has messed up that relationship with you, and you know all the ways in which they're wrong. And yet you might need to take a first step in reconciliation. Or maybe the righteousness is a kind of foolishness of giving all your giving some of your hard-earned money to someone in need. Or maybe the righteousness is a foolishness that is taking some of your valuable time, and time is valuable, and sharing it with someone else. Do you see how righteousness works? It's like a rock when it soaks up all of the goodness of God, and then it generates heat for those around you. That's what this is. That's what Joseph was about. And that's how he's a story for us, not because he said the right words, but because he soaked up who God was And then he decided to kindly and graciously love a woman. And even when he thought he had it all figured out, he was then willing to be open to God who broke in again and gave him more to do. That's righteousness. That's how God works. And I'm convinced that when Jesus, many, many, many years later, was standing and teaching, or sitting, I guess, at the Sermon on the Mount. He was looking out over a whole crowd of broken people. And he's teaching them and calling them blessed. He then told told them that they needed a righteousness that surpasses the Pharisees, the religious leaders. And I wonder, just wonder, if in his mind he first thought of his Heavenly Father's righteousness that would be demonstrated on the cross. But then I wonder if you thought about his earthly dad, Joseph, and the kind of righteousness that Joseph shared and showed to him when he was a boy. We don't know. We can ask him in heaven. But what we do know is this. God loves you. And he's demonstrated that to you on the cross. And so soak it up. Let it fill you and saturate you. And then when some poor creature comes by who needs a little love, love as you've been loved, that's a pretty righteous thing. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: We stand if you're able. Let us now confess our faith together to the words of the Nicene Creed found on page three of your bulletin. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth He became incarnate with the Virgin Mary and was made man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. And on the third day he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. And he will come again to judge the living and the dead. And his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son. And with the Father and the Son, he is worshipped and glorified. He has spoken through the prophets. We believe in the one holy Catholic and apostolic Church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen.
5: As a family in Jesus Christ, let us pray to God Almighty, our Heavenly Father, His Son Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. Holy Father, we give you our thanks for all the wonderful blessings you have bestowed upon us, even as we grumble about the difficulties in life in which we find ourselves today. You already know about the sins we commit against you and our neighbors constantly. The results of our transgressions are evident within our society every day. Thank you for continuing to shed light on the hypocrisy of the self-serving modern-day Sadducees and Pharisees whom we have elected to lead us. Even in the midst of all this evil, you have continued to bless each of us and the United States. When we take time to compare our individual and national blessings, including food, clothing, modern medical technologies, and individual freedoms, to those of other people and nations on Earth, we are embarrassed by our complaints. Please forgive us for being so self-absorbed. Please continue to bless and protect the United States so that we may continue to share those blessings with others around the world as no other country can. Lord, we know that Satan loves to sow discord, disappointment, and hopelessness in our daily lives, in his efforts to separate us from you. Thank you for shining light on Satan's efforts and reminding us that no matter what happens in our lives on Earth, that our real destination and home is with you, guaranteed by your son, Jesus Christ, to all who believe in his saving grace. Dear Holy Father, thank you for moderate weather, for snowfall and rain that we so desperately need. However, we are aware of the severe weather affecting our citizens in other parts of the country and the tragedies that have resulted. Please, Holy Spirit, comfort the hearts of those who have lost possessions or loved ones in those tragedies and guide us to share what we can to help those in need. Lord, we continue to pray for the safety of all military members, firefighters, and paramedics who serve to protect us all. We ask your special protection for police officers, border protection officers, and other law enforcement officers everywhere who are physically and mentally under attack by enemies of good order and public safety. We thank you for healing our loved ones, families, including our church family and friends, of their brokenness in whatever form that takes. Thank you for our church family who support each other in faith and love. Thank you for all Christian pastors who rightly preach your gospel of the saving grace of your only son, Jesus the Christ. We pray for the safety of those who travel, especially during this busy holiday season. Holy Spirit, please envelop our friends and family in your protective embrace and bring them to their destinations unharmed. Lord Almighty, this very joyous season can be very lonely and desperate for many people, leading to great despair. Please, Holy Spirit, open our eyes and hearts to see the person and the souls around us who need encouragement, a loving word, material support, like food, clothing, or shelter or anything else that shows they have real value as human beings help us see with your eyes heavenly father we also pray that you cause the healing of broken relationships and the unintended victims like children and god almighty we ask your special protection for all of our children against the evil of deadly drugs flooding our society violence and the evil intentions of adults wherever they attempt to subvert your plans for our lives. Holy Spirit, encourage us to teach our own children your ways, your values, and your love in spite of and in contradiction to the misdirection offered by some of our professional educators. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for reminding us in our hearts that regardless of the trials and tragedies on earth, when there are many because of our sin, that a Merry Christmas is a result of your saving grace in Jesus and the incomprehensible joy that is promised when we come home to you. Help us to share this hope, this assurance, this guarantee with everyone. Finally, we now share with you our personal prayers kept deep in our hearts or spoken aloud. Finally, we now share with you our personal prayers. Into your hands, Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen.
0: The peace of the Lord be with you always. Let us share the peace. with the promise, the Redeemer, through whom you will also make all things new the day when he comes again to judge the world in righteousness. And so, with the church on earth and the hosts in heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. In which our Lord Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and he gave thanks, and then he broke it, giving it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And again, after supper, Jesus took the cup and he gave thanks, and then he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and drink. This is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. For we know that as often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, that we proclaim Christ's death, his resurrection, and his glorious coming again. Let's pray together the prayer that Jesus gave to us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done All who confess Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, this meal is for all baptized believers. This is the true body and the true blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ given for you, shed for you, that rescues you from sin, death, and the devil. If that's your belief, then come. The table is prepared. The ushers will bring you forward. At this point, um, I'm going to call an audible, and uh, I'm going to ask Pastor Russ, would you close us with a benediction?
4: I'm mindful that these words have been spoken over God's people for thousands of years in the midst of floods, weddings, funerals, on Sundays, in hospital rooms, these are not just good or old words. These are God's words to be placed upon us. So listen again to the benediction. Invite you to, to rise and the, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you His peace. Amen. Amen. You're free in
0: Christ. Go in peace. Thanks Thanks be be to God.